0: Boys, screws, little strip the bolts on them. Should have never sent him to pick up the word for Spray the pocket and my shit inside the car. Mark a smart boy was shooting with a thirty six on. Them. Said if he wasn't in a
1: rush, they was all gone. Set hey. curses on the to he to was of corner of your holes with King Chuddy, aka Chud Webb. How we doing tonight, Chuddy?
0: Doing real well.
1: Always nice to have a, a little stress-free
0: Celtics win. I actually get to absolutely. enjoy some of the experience before it's over. So, doing about yeah, as well as absolutely. can be. How about you?
1: Before we get started, a uh, reminder, like and subscribe on all the uh, podcasting platforms. We're on Spotify, we're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Datpiff, E-Bombs World, and pretty much anywhere you can find content on the internet. We're going to make sure they are getting ourselves there. Uh, you can also follow the two of us on Twitter, at Shuddy. Uh, I'm at Doug underscore outs. Make sure you smash that follow button. At Chuddy's Corner is the uh, podcast Twitter uh, Twitter account. Make sure you're following us anywhere you can. And also shout out to the sponsor uh You can find all the Chuddy Corner information there, as well as everything you need when it comes to realty. Uh, make sure you check out NickParino.com. So. Another pretty fun game. Celtics win this one, 155-104. Uh, another game pretty much wire-to-wire, wire, uh, stress-free, as you said. So uh, we'll dive into what there is to talk about. We're also going to get into a little bit later. Some of the uh, information that happened around the league. There's a lot of good stuff going around in the NBA. But I'll uh, kick it over to you, Chud. What did you see in this game? What's your takeaways? Uh, go ahead.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, like you said, I think you should almost have to do a record scratch after that final score for the for the listeners at home. If you didn't catch the game, you heard that correctly: one hundred fifty-five to one hundred four. Yeah. Uh, they were throwing up some stats there. It was the first time the Celtics have hit one hundred fifty since nineteen ninety-two, which is pretty crazy. It's the second most points the Celtics have ever scored in a game. Uh, they score another 40-point quarter, second game in a row. I think it was the first time since, like, 91, or no, first time since 82 that they've had two straight games with the fourth quarter over 40. And then they another 75-plus point half, first time since 1950, they've had back-to-get-back games over 75 points. Um, so, I mean, I think those stats kind of just say it you, all. Did you
1: say 1982? It wasn't that uh, – I think that was Mike's first year, so this, this would be a nice little <laughs> yeah. uh, hook yeah. and for shot Yeah, and then, I
0: mean the, – Going back to 1950, that even precedes Mike. So any any time you're bringing up stats like that, uh, you know, that's pretty special stuff. And really, it was just an extension of where the starters left off last Wizards game. It was right back out to it. I mean, let's not uh, bury the fact that Tyrese Halliburton, by far the Pacers' best player, uh, one of the best guards in the NBA, was sitting out. Um, but st- still, I mean, the Pacers are an NBA team, and the Celtics, again, just made it look like boys against men out there from, from the get-go. I mean, they were up. Ten up, twenty before you could even blink, and it was just like last game. The starters were doing whatever they wanted. Uh, great looks. I mean, they came out. They're bullying, going right to the rim, running nice plays. The ball movement was great. The attacking, like every every pass, every dribble is purposeful. They're either getting layups or wide open shots. Seemingly, it will now. Again, the Pacers. I actually like the Pacers this year. I think they're a pretty good team. Sneaky playoff yeah, team. See this
1: much of a ball coming.
0: <laughs> no, but I mean, obviously. No Halliburton makes a big difference. Um, They might end up being the fastest-paced team in the league, so it was clear, like, they're just going to play their normal pace even without Halliburton, try to speed this up and see if the Celtics get a little sloppy. Uh, The exact opposite happened, and the Celtics just absolutely boat-raced them yet again. Uh, None of the starters all played about 25 to 27 minutes, comfortably out by the middle of the third quarter. Everyone got their stats. I mean, again, nothing crazy to even dive into it was like just like last game everyone kind of took their turns uh got into a nice little rhythm got in some cardio and then got a nice rest got to enjoy the fourth quarter tatum tonight was the most impressive he had some some amazing moments you can tell the work he's done with sam cassell in that low post getting to that spot at the elbow hitting those those nice little kobe Dirk fadeaways in
1: there yeah, it's just like such that. easy offense for him is that like what sam cassell's like expertise is because they kept mentioning <laughs> specifically sam cassell but he was a point guard. So yeah. some of- yeah wondering what is he like the post guard when it comes to i mean not (laughs) no i don't know if that's like
0: specifically what he's known for but yeah for a point guard he was definitely like an amazing player out of the post and and there's just been a a bunch of videos came up of him specifically working on those skills with tatum and it's something that's kind of been missing from his game he's been trying to go to it more but i mean you see how comfortable he is in the post and again with that starting lineup you have the other four guys out there because porzingis is like a sniper so you can put the it's funny to go kind of four out usually it's around a big guy for us, at this point, it's around Tatum, who I know is big, but he's not like your conventional big man, but he's basically posting up. The other four guys are all cutting or spotting up behind three, and it's just like, damn, how do you stop that? I mean, again, like we said, well, uh, the Pacers certainly not the best defense in the league, but uh, but that was damn impressive. No matter how how you spin it, no matter who you're playing, I mean, you look out around the, the league, we'll talk about more teams later, but again, the Bucks. They scored 44 points in the first half. We scored 44 points in the first quarter. Uh, hmm. Their defense looked abysmal. You know, every other team's struggling. There are three undefeated. The Nuggets, I'm watching right now, they're down 18 with two minutes left. So uh, they're going to be 3-1. and one. The Mavericks are also undefeated. They're playing somewhere. I don't see the score right this second. But uh, the Mavericks are in a battle. But anyway, we're the only undefeated team left in the East. And, um, I mean, again, first two games had like a playoff feel. last two, I mean, absolute laughers. And, and one other thing. Uh, with Halliburton being out, it feels like last year and, and kind of in years past, that was like classic Celtics letdown spot. Like, oh, their star player's out. We're going to no-show yeah. this game. So, again, it's still early in the season, but nice to see him go out and just absolutely take care of business. Like, by the first TV timeout, it was like, okay, this is a win.
1: Yeah, I so was Halliburton I, – I found out he was out basically when the game started, but I, I sort of – I saw the Celtics were twelve and a half 12-and-a-half-point favorite, so I was a little yeah. confused. Was like, just out of your guess, what do you think? Like, where would the squad have been if Halliburton would, would have been in I mean, Either way, it was a, a shit-pumping through and through. Yeah. But like,
0: 12,
1: I mean, probably closer I to, like, 8
0: but I don't know. I mean, it's still half, early in the season. Then? Yeah, I mean, maybe. I think he's worth at least a few points. Yeah. Like I said, I think I think with Halliburton, they're, like, a playoff team. I know he makes a huge difference to them. I'm not, I don't know how many points is crazy. Like, one guy can move a line, uh, but – yeah, I mean the way the Celtics are playing right now, it's going to be really interesting to see what their lines are in some of these games moving forward because they just have been completely non-competitive. Yeah,
1: I, uh, I I was just pretty impressed the way they I was obviously they came out that first quarter, uh, like you said, put up almost forty points or a little over forty points. Um, the Tatum post moves I wrote down pretty impressive stuff. Uh, Tatum too was finally getting some calls. So he got to get to the line, which I think obviously helped get him going a little bit. Uh, I think, again, he's one of the more criminally under um, called. I don't know what the ter- I don't know what the verb is for that. <laughs> just but like, like the shitty whistle. I don't know the where he is out in the league. So the fact that he was getting some good, good, good calls there, the whole team yeah. came out with just crazy hustle. Uh, the, the Derek White diving into the um, crowd early on, leading to a Porzingis slam. Uh, yeah. Those are just kind of the plays that I think you get going on a team early. That's already probably a little bit uh, shaken, just obviously not having Halliburton in anyway uh and i think that just kind of makes all the difference uh the the bench unit got going too um we'll get into that we'll talk a little bit about the fourth quarter probably touch base on that a little bit Howser made that three early and i was almost stunned by it but at the end of the game by the end of the game the guy couldn't miss so uh yeah just a thoroughly enjoyable game to watch uh never really felt like we were letting go of the the rope or anything like at the like the the, the wizards game not yeah. that we to no. lose, but it was a little you know well, I mean, some of that, <laughs> that fourth quarter play, but yeah. Yeah. Nothing that resembling was, a letdown. It's not. The bases also are terrible from, are they that usually that bad from three? I thought they had Buddy well, Hill, no. guys like that. They they shot awful.
0: Yeah. It's funny. I was actually thinking like Buddy Hill's almost invisible. I mean, what a, what a poor game. And I mean, again, it's tough. Cause Halliburton, not only is he their best player, but he's like a ball dominant point guard who kind of like, sets everything up for them so it's more than just missing you know his like statistical contributions he really runs that whole offense so they looked a little lost I'm sure they weren't getting like the easy looks that he usually sets up but I mean they still had some good players in there uh Nemhard, the backup another Creighton guy is uh I mean a pretty good point guard in in his own right but he's obviously not the table setter that Hal Burton is um but I mean yeah they were like three of 29 at one point I saw so I mean obviously nobody's that bad at shooting but uh I mean, I, again, I think part of it is the Celtics' defense and just the way they play is like setting them into just getting in a shooting contest with us. And tonight, that's not no one was winning that shooting contest with the Celtics. I mean, they were, I think, eight of ten on threes in the first quarter, like, just something outrageous. And it's like the game again is like already over almost at that point. It's crazy. It was it? I think I wrote down that it was machine-like the way they were running offense uh, with it, the starters and, Yeah, and it, then I also. Yeah, well, we've talked about then like the substitution pattern until so it's been a little different every game. Um, and I think this time it was Hauser and Al who came in together yeah. uh, for Tatum. And then, and but White. then Tatum and White came back in with three and a half minutes left. So by three and a half minutes left in the first, everyone on our team had already gotten a rest, which is crazy. Like that, most teams don't do that. Most superstars play like at least usually the full first quarter. Um, so the fact that we're, I mean, again, it's, it's obviously very early in the season, but that we're keeping these minutes so low. And I kind of, I like the way they're doing that, even kind of the small rests here, just to keep them fresh. Um, as you would imagine at some point, they'll have to play a little more than 25 minutes and, you know, two and a half quarters to win a game.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd like to see, uh, you know, the, 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 heat obviously was a challenge. The Knicks probably see a challenge. Um, mm-hmm. I think we have the nets coming up on Saturday. Yeah, uh, that might be a little bit of a challenge. We'll 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 go into a little bit of previewing that later. But um, one of the points that Scal made too, and I think this is the difference from that Wizards game too, is that it didn't seem like at all that the Pacers had like rolled over and stopped trying. It wasn't like a pathetic no. on their part. They had a lot of points in the paint, uh, as on that Scal pointed out. They had like very low, very little turnovers too. I think I think what it really comes down to is they, like you said, they got into a shooting contest with us. And we were just unconscious from the three. Eric White's three-pointer is just like, just looking better and better. Like, that release is so fast now. It's like, it's almost like he isn't even touching the ball at the top. Like, pushing (laughs) it. It's like, it's crazy
0: uh Al too, a, a sneaky quick trigger like Al always took an hour to shoot and would only shoot if he was basically like someone stared him down and dared him to he got in there and the first two trips it was like catching immediate fire uh even with a contest he, I think he hit one of them missed the other like just back-rimmed it but I mean I like that he's just getting in everyone's getting into the action like it's it's, it's cool to see
1: yeah no it is it's, it's pretty robotic uh I don't know uh we can get it a little bit if you want to I mean we could talk a little bit about the bench unit like I said, there's not a whole lot to break down from this game. The last two games have kind of been that way. But the fact that Ben Shunick came out in the fourth quarter, and again, it's garbage time, whatever you want to call it. It's not like too, totally important. But the fact that not only did they keep the lead, but they extended the lead. Um, was yep. definitely good. Pritchard finally got a shot going. Hauser finally got a shot going. Um, we, uh, I think, I'd think i like to think that maybe Hauser felt my boy's feet. Uh, kind of breathing out his <laughs> neck there. You know that that's a great motivator. Competition, um, guys—the best way to get a guy to get his head I'm out. Of his sure, ass. that's what it was. But the two of them, the, yeah, the two of them showed up, and even uh, even everyone else that was out there was was making some plays too. So, uh, I don't yeah. know if you have any thoughts to add about the fourth quarter. Um. Well, I
0: mean, I kind of I feel like last game I didn't overreact to them. Kind of. Blowing the huge lead, and this time I'm not going to really overreact to them extending the huge lead. It was kind of just like the opposite. And like I said, I mean, I, I was listening to Joe's press conference before the game, and I, I actually really agreed with what he said. Where I think Abby asked him, Are you like panicking about the bench? He said, No, I, I like the process. I like it. What everyone's doing, they're just missing shots right now. And uh, I mean, that kind of played out tonight. Like, I don't think they're always going to be this good, but this is kind of a glimpse of what it can be when everyone comes in. And like you said, most games, Hauser's not going to play that many games minutes and shoot 10 shots or whatever he put up tonight but like you said he hit that one in the first quarter like right in rhythm got a good look buried it it's stuff like that i mean it's going to be coming in he's probably going to get three to five meaningful looks a game hit half of them and we're in great shape if uh you know pritchard and hauser are coming in for combined 15 minutes and going you know one of nine yeah that's not going to cut it so like i hate to boil it just down to making jump shots, but I really do think like water's going to find its level. They're very good shooters, and that's the reason that, you know, for now, I'm I'm still not panicking about this bench unit, I guess.
1: Yeah. Uh, o- O'Shea Brissett continues to just be an absolute motor guy. Yeah. Uh, when he comes out, I'm not really expecting a whole lot on of offense besides just like maybe a bunch of offensive rebounds, but the guy absolutely uh, just is making every kind of play you would want. He kind of reminds me a little bit of like that, uh, like a Leon Poe type role sort of guy just coming in <laughs> and just Really, doing all all like those like gritty, kind of grimy things, and, and yeah, uh, love to see him come in. Uh, it's not
0: so and fun. uh, and Brissett is one who I take more stock into than like some of the guys who came in just for the fourth quarter because Brissett again, I think came in early second quarter, seemed like he was getting real rotation minutes, uh, whereas Cornette is now not at all, um, which I mean, I'm fine with. And again, I, there'll be matchups where the yeah, team, yeah, Cor- and we'll use Cornette
1: in- or something.
0: He's not a guy who has to play minutes every game, obviously. So I like giving those minutes to Percet. Like you said, great energy. Um, obviously, he's a Syracuse guy, so you know Coach Beheim's finest uh, showing his metal there. And uh, but yeah, no, he made multiple hustle plays. He's, he loves crashing the offensive glass, and that's just you know, and and where it seems like every other one of our guys is like a pseudo star. It's nice to have someone come in like that um and he's also a former Pacer he's been there for the last three years so nice to see him get some decent run against them um and then on the other side another note I had former Celtic Aaron Neesmith who's turned into a fine uh, role player for the Pacers <laughs> which you know he needed he's carved out a niche he just really needed a chance to play he was never going to get it in Boston and so it's it's been a mutually beneficial trade and he's become a good player but I thought it was funny how you could tell Tatum and and Jalen were looking at him like like he was like their little brother. Uh, they cleared out. I think that he went in the first possession. Tatum called ISO, got it on him, got it an and one Second possession, uh, called ISO again, just took him right to the hole. Like I was <laughs> almost <laughs> feeling bad for Neesmith, and then Jalen had a turn doing the same thing. And I mean, Neesmith is a solid defender. It's not like he's you know barbecue chicken out there. He's holding his own, but those guys were just like, oh shit, like we got you, man. <laughs> like don't even bother.
1: So the, uh, felt I felt a He was playing with a little bit of an edge, a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. He had that play where he got fouled, I think, by Jalen going to the hoop early. And you could kind of tell he was sort of like, like John a little bit. Again, it's probably, it's all probably like in a friendly manner. But um, yeah, yeah. it's good to see him get minutes. I know that he was one of like the little golden boys for the Celtics kind of Twitter (laughs) fan base there. Like he was always going to kind of blow up. But again, he wasn't going to get those minutes on this roster. So it's good to see him get it somewhere. Um, You know, at one point, at the, he, they got the lead to like six in the first quarter off a few few good plays by him, but the, after that, I don't think the game, the game obviously wasn't close again after that. But there was a slight yeah. little bit concern. But no,
0: and then uh, and our it,
1: other old friend. I mean, it was. I wasn't really thinking of
0: it much tonight, but Daniel Tice is still on that Indiana Pacers team and does not play. So I know he's someone who I think we could feasibly get if we determine that we need another big. I mean, I can't imagine he would cost anything, and I wouldn't. I wouldn't hate seeing him come back to be like an emergency I thought big guy off the bench they didn't
1: time. put him in there in the fourth quarter <laughs> just to get the ovation
0: yeah true i mean i, I well, like i said i kind of wasn't even thinking of it at that point and maybe they're like you know you're a good vet who's been a real player in this league we're not gonna like disrespect you like uh you're like a sideshow <laughs> but yeah i mean i wouldn't they didn't want to give him the taco fall treatment seemingly not but uh yeah he's someone if he became available and cost like i said you know, like a fake second, which again, he is obviously no value. So I can't imagine he, there's any reason we couldn't acquire him. And
1: like, why not go get him if we need a big man. I said that as soon as we got rid of uh, Rob Williams, I think I said that to, to you or to you or to Nick, it just right. like, it seems like a good fit again. It's not a guy that needs to play all the time, but minutes. Right. knows, knows that city knows yeah. that I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind getting him in. Maybe they right. just think Cornette is just a younger version of that. And they right. just Cornette's up. a lot bigger. That's, I mean, Um, yeah, yeah, he's a little younger, he's a lot bigger,
0: but I mean, we'll see. Like I said, I think it's four games in, and at this point, there's really no reason to make any changes. But uh, if if that becomes a more glaring need, I would imagine they'll be giving the Pacers a
1: call. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I think I mean, there's not a whole lot left to break down. So again, Celtics one fifty five, one hundred four. I do want to point out a couple stats that I saw that were pretty impressive. Uh, we had eight double-digit scores tonight. All of them played under yeah. 30 minutes. Specifically, Tatum, 30 minutes on 9 for 15, 12 rebounds, and only 26 minutes. Uh, that's yeah. not as efficient as a player can get. Uh, Outrageous. I, I mean, it was real surgical. Also, the Celtics starters, 93 points, um, and they didn't even play the fourth quarter. So I thought it was 97, was it? Was it 97? 90, right, yeah, I mean, either. Copy that down
0: wrong. Either way, it was in the 90s. They again, and they, like then they would have easily had yet another combined 100-plus, if not for the fact that they all came out with, you know, halfway through the third quarter. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, outrageous.
1: Ju- yeah, just a pretty good, pretty good beatdown. I do want to take some time. I don't want to go too far over on our time. I want to kind of get your thoughts on some of the stuff around the league. Obviously, uh, the James Harden trade is probably the biggest news. Uh, the Bucs kind of got their butts whooped again tonight. We can get a little bit of that, too, and anything else you got. So what do you uh, – just first of all, what's your thoughts on the James Harden trade uh, and how it went down? Well,
0: I mean, so many thoughts. Just such like a fascinating situation from every single angle. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, I guess this was kind of inevitable. Um, just such a cr- – so, so many crazy elements. Like, I don't even know where to begin, but just in terms of the – the trade itself, I mean, I guess, like, it's impossible to even say anyone won the trade. I think it's, like, the ultimate, where, you know, what is, what's it saying? Like, both parties are equally dissatisfied, where it's like, yeah. you can't a tell couple, me there's was Clippers a good fans. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You can't tell me that Clippers fans are like, yeah, we got hard, this is so sick. Like, there's no way, like, deep down they really feel that way. Like, yeah, he's fine, it's worth the gamble, that team's all in, they need a guy, like, sure. And also, the yeah. Sixers, like, I'm sure they're glad to get rid of him, but also, like, we gave away this all all-star all-NBA player and you got back like arguably no one who's even like playable yeah like sure some fine role players who might be washed and might not but it's like oh baby it's just like so gross for both like I don't know I guess the the Clippers got better and like I don't hate the Clippers but also like at the end of the day it's still like their lines to win it all moved so much and to me that's just hilarious because like basically if you believe the Clippers can win it all it's because you believe in Kawhi and Paul George so, like, if you believe in them, you already believed in them, whether Harden's there or not. Like, if you think they're still good and can do it, then great. But Harden, like, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. Like I said, I have nothing against them. I, I kind of – I'll root for that team compared to a lot of the other teams in the West that I just don't like. And, you know, so far, they're playing, which is another funny element. It's like the Clippers saw, like, four straight games of Kawhi and Paul George healthy, and they're like, all right, we're back. Like, all in. <laughs> let's go. Like, let's <laughs> – let's, you know, they're – Three days ago, they're like, "Yeah, we're done, like making these negotiations." <laughs> Two seconds later, it's like, "Oh shit! All right, they're healthy. Let's go." Yeah, um, I mean that both sides just bluffing, and both sides, I think, just look so ridiculous. Like I said, if, if you're Philly, it's probably happy to just be done with it. Um, There's a lot of reports that the owners got involved, and that actually Josh Harris and Ballmer got on the phone, and they're the ones who like finalized this deal, which kind of makes sense because I doubt you know, Maury be... was ready. Maury was I ready the to conversation wait.
1: Conversation you have heard.
0: yeah seriously but i mean that's like the the side show to all of this the clown show i mean it's just it's so there's so many funny elements i mean now russ and harden reunited for the now the third separate time they've been together on three different teams all acquired in separate transactions like has that ever happened like it's not like they were treated as a package ever just for them to keep finding their way back together i mean they started together they've like it's just such a crazy history they've obviously both won an mvp neither one's won a ring uh like there's just so many fascinating elements and i mean then the clippers like they were already so all in but now they've given up the 2028 unprotected first round pick like this team not one of their top four guys is even under contract for next year like this could blow up so fast and they just have no picks um and Ballmer's either gonna look like a genius or an idiot like
1: super quickly i Um, personally have no idea it's hilarious i have no idea why the Clippers want to go out and get him. I mean, I guess I—I I, I mean, I do have an idea why. Because when he's playing well, he obviously can make a difference. He had—he right. stole that game one against Philly for us. So and game four. To that point, I almost don't understand why Philly wanted to get like I know they Philly, had well. They did. didn't. the history. Philly didn't want to get rid of us. but it looked like he was coming back. Uh The <laughs> fact that it happened at three in the morning too is hilarious. Destroy awesome. that. Boge. Missing his flight was pretty Yeah. That's just a woe sham rivalry, just really reaching uh, a whole new level there. I don't think either one of them can sleep now. Uh, they're right. going to have to live almost oh, a I love it. lifestyle in order to not get scooped. Um, no, humans anyway. I personally don't think it really is going to do a whole lot for the Clippers. I, me and you disagree on the Clippers. I, I think that, I just think it, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, those are the guys that you're putting all your marbles in on. Um, you're gonna end up being disappointed. I don't see that either one of them being healthy. Uh oh, Paul, so we don't we Paul, don't disagree. Paul, Earl, Paul George was Waldo for Halloween yesterday. And that <laughs> is gonna know, really setting himself up. <laughs> Clippers tweet is gonna go quadruple yeah. platinum uh when it comes around to April and he, and he's not playing for the team. So I don't right. think that the Clippers are a real title contender. Um I mean the West isn't I don't the West outside of the Nuggets, I don't really see anyone in the West being like Really juggernaut, so they might be able to, yeah. But the West team. is really good, maybe near there in the end. But, um, uh, I think that it's hilarious. The videos they had of <laughs> James Harden like arriving into the locker room, like they're posting those videos, like Harden arrives, and like everyone in the locker room is kind of like, Hey, there's a yeah. picture that looked like Paul George like he was being held hostage. I think he was blinking like SOS or something. So, <laughs> it's just maybe yeah. I think it's going to blow up. Clippers fans, you mentioned them too. Uh, I saw someone say that. Like there's two two like two days you remember as a as a fan of a team that gets hard and like the excitement of the day you get, <laughs> the excitement of the day you get rid of them. Um, so yeah. I don't know. I, like you said, they're going all in. If it works, it'll work. But I don't see this working. I see it right. not going very well. Um, it might it might be an interesting regular season, I think. Of course, but um, when push comes to shove, I just don't really. It doesn't move the needle for me. And well. I, but Philly does get a little bit worse, too. I don't fear Philly. Not that I feared them a whole lot anyway, but I don't fear them more today than I did uh, before unless they have other moves in mind. Well, I mean, they definitely do. So, like, the quick spin, I guess, for each team, if you're trying to
0: say, like, why did they do this and why is it good? I mean, for the Clippers, like you said, it's not – I don't think we necessarily disagree on that because it all comes down to health for them. But if those guys are healthy, like, Kawhi is one of the few players, when healthy, who has proven he can basically, like – lead a type a team all the way to the title has done it multiple times so yes can he ever be healthy again is the question mark. right but that was already the question mark before they made this trade so like if those guys can be healthy now you just added another really good player and like you said the thing with Harden was like yeah he had two games in that Celtics series where he basically won the game and four or five games where he kind of disappeared when you're like the number two guy that's awful. But for the Clippers now, if he's their number three guy and you can get like two forty burgers or whatever. Like as a number three or four guy, it's a lot more interesting and could like actually swing some stuff where now he's not one of the main guys who all the pressure's on, which has been a disaster. Um, and then I think the other point goes to what you said, where this team just has not been able to keep Paul George and Kawhi healthy. Uh, like, great playoff players, but can they get there and be healthy in the playoffs? Harden is, like, the opposite, so it's kind of, I think, why they got them, like, all right, dude, you just carry us through the regular season, will everyone else rest, and then when we get to the playoffs, like, our real killers will come and take over, so, I mean, again, it's a lot, they're putting a lot of faith in a lot of things, but I think that's, like, the theory behind it, and again, they were all in, so at this point, it's like, eh, well, like, we're already all in, like, what's the alternative? Try to, like, trade Kawhi and PG and, like, totally tear it down, so... From that sense, I get it. And, I mean, they gave up three guys who basically don't play. Like, they had – it was kind of a consolidation trade. They had all these guys. Oh,
1: yeah. Giving up the picks would scare me. It was a shit-for-shit trade, for sure.
0: Right. Um, But, I mean, again, then I think for Philly, the reason they finally caved and did this deal is because I think they saw their team for four games and were like, shit, we're actually good. Maxi looks amazing. Like, he's ready to be the second guy. So, I think they're like, let's just get this headache out of here. Like, do we even want to risk having him come back and play and maybe, like, pull the same shit he played when he – Played quote unquote for the Rockets, well, or that famous game against the Nets where he like was tanking the game. Like, do you even want to risk that? So, I think, well, again, I think that's why the owners got involved and Cooler has prevailed. And they're both like, We don't want this, for Like, I don't care what Daryl Morey says and if he's gonna hold out for three more years until well, we can
1: suck out I have a the theory too off. on why they finally pulled the trigger. I think that, and this might be maybe there's something out there that disproves this entirely, but I. I think they're having a hard time. Not like he was there ready. I think he, it might have been a move by him. He's showing up. I'm ready to play. Yeah. They don't he's want right to. Play now them. they're having to deal with the whole, like not playing your stars rule that the NBA has. Right. So I think that might've been something that forced Philly to kind of kick the wheels on it again. I, him yeah, I up, He might've, right. I don't know if he's this fucking smart or not, but it's kind <laughs> of, you know, all right, I'm here, I'm ready to play, but you guys aren't letting me play. He, so. No, definitely. Um, I think that was definitely part of it. That it my it's question it's to easy to is, say that this, until he's, if there, you have anything that, but my other thought is, what my only concern too is, what is California's like? Do you have any idea what their like strip club scene is like? Is it fully totally <laughs> new? I, it... I'm sure there's plenty of scene in LA, and I
0: mean, again, that's the other. Part. I, I think, feel like it West would be a
1: place where they have like weird rules, like it's I don't know. Uh, but it, I think the I big doubt concern, it. the bigger concern, all of four of those guys really...
0: are are Cali boys too. Those are all the LA boys now reunited. Like they're all from there. They all always wanted to be in Cali. Like.
1: It's really just a lot a lot of feel-good stuff. <laughs> the proximity to Vegas is going to be their biggest issue. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's a 45-minute flight in a private jet. Um, yeah. No, they're going to have a good time. Win or lose,
0: they'll have a good practice. time.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: absolutely. Um, no, I mean, it's just, again, just a funny story. There's so many funny elements. I'm sure more will come up as they actually start playing. And, uh, you know, again, we could talk about this forever. It's a Celtics podcast, so we won't go too deep into it. The yeah. only other thing – Yeah, yeah, is- we could move on – uh, the, oh, well, one, one last thing that I just thought. Was yeah, like, go ahead. How, uh, how you had mentioned like Harden showing up and putting the pressure on him. Someone was made a point that it was like, as far as like the messy divorce situation, it was like both sides were almost kind of civil, where it seemed like the Sixers are like, all right, like we'll keep paying, you we won't like fine you and try to get like messy, and like Harden was like, all right, like I'll show up and like, but I won't come and like actually sabotage you. It's like we'll yeah. we'll each like stay on our side of the fence and like just make this work out. And I guess it kind of did, and it was like the. Who's the winner of this trade? James Harden. The only winner of the trade. He got exactly what he wanted by pouting. And uh, it's just funny after like watching the similar but opposite sagas of him and Lillard play out. Lillard, the good soldier for so long, doesn't get what he wants at all. Harden, complete yeah. asshole to everyone in his way. Gets exactly what he wants. Um, so the message, as always, the lesson is just like... Don't be a good employee.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it will not help you ever. That's an excellent point. It's an even better segue to the next game. I wanted to talk about uh, the Bucks lose one thirty to one eleven. Uh, from what I saw, it didn't seem like it was really even that close. even though it's a it's a nineteen point, yeah, nineteen point no, I mean, um, Are the Bucks dead? Is my question. <laughs> They're not
0: dead, but they've got uh, a lot of work to do. A lot of work to do, and it's it's both ends. I mean, their defense looks awful like the Raptors are a really bad half court offense um and their fans were almost like panicking they came out and looked like the Celtics frankly like they were just dominating the box scoring at will every which way uh attacking Lillard left and right Giannis didn't look great I mean I know it'll come around it's gonna take a while but uh gotta be pretty concerning and then the offense other than like the Lillard Giannis high pick and roll they don't have much I mean Middleton looks like a shell of himself again there's so many lineups where it's like beasley's out there conington's out there crowder's out there it's a lot of campaign bobby portis it's just like i was thinking today if you did a draft of all the bucks and celtics players like Giannis would probably go first dame would either go you know third or fourth and then it would be like you'd go seven eight deep on the celtics before you'd finally probably okay like maybe you'll take lopez over like hauser or pritchard but yeah uh yeah in that sense it's it's pretty tilted so again we're gonna keep watching this but uh a lot of concerning stuff on both ends for the Bucks.
1: Yeah, yeah, I love to see it. Um, I, Like I said, my big, my biggest thing was Lillard was a parking cone, and you had the game on. We were texting <laughs> a little bit during the Celtics. You were saying they were they were going after him, so I think yeah. that's going to be it's going to be an ongoing issue they're going to figure out. They're missing, and that. I
0: I don't think people have realized because Portland really like hasn't been good, and he's just been carrying so much on offense to even keep them decent. But I don't think people have realized like. How bad he actually is on defense and how he really hasn't played meaningful defense in like four years. And even then he wasn't good, but now it's like he's not good and he hasn't been trying and he's older and less athletic. And it's like, oh boy, good teams are going to go at him over and over and over again. I mean, bad teams are going to go at him, but uh, yeah, something to watch. And I'm not, I'm not super sure how they fix it uh, at this point. Cause that roster is just a little sketch.
1: Yeah um so yeah so bucks maybe maybe not maybe not dead but certainly not looking good um is there anything else uh around the league uh we're at about about the 30 minute mark here so yeah
0: anything Uh, clip on a couple things i'll rip on real quick we keep talking about the rest i mean i feel like they're taking it to a new level it's just i feel like it's never been this bad it's the first week of the year and half the league is questionable stars are resting left and right you've talked about the suns it's Absolutely hilarious to see Beal and Booker now still doubtful. I saw a report say, like, no timeline is clear. It's like, Stop. what even is happening? And then watching them last night, where it's basically KD and, like, 11 scrubs. And you could, like, see KD lose interest in the game. Just be like, fuck this. We have no one else who can dribble. We have no one else who can score. Uh, they blew he a huge lead to the Spurs, who are supposed to be terrible. And if you... Didn't get a chance, go like look up at least the last couple minutes of that game, watch the Suns blow it. Uh, the way that they just ripped the ball out of KD's hands on their last possession was, that was absolutely awesome. hilarious. He looked like he just wanted to like quit basketball, Durant. Um, and you don't see that a lot, so yeah. that was fun. Um, I also wanted to mention we've got the in-season tournament starts on Friday. The Celtics' first in-season tournament game is a week from this Friday against the, uh, the Nets. I I mean, I don't know how you feel about the in-season tournament. I'm just excited for it. It's just, yeah. you know, as a basketball fan, it's more basketball. It's, I'm, I think it'll be more competitive than people think. I, they've got cool court designs and jerseys. It's almost like a color rush situation. Um, yeah.
1: So, you know, more also, yeah, meaningful I'm basketball. I'm so optimistic is, about it. Yeah. I, I just
0: feel like it can't be a bad game. It's already was regular season games. Now they just have this, like, tiny bit more meaning. Um, I don't know. If but
1: half the week isn't resting in those games, I'll be a little more <laughs> excited about it. But yeah. like you said, the way it's starting, I mean, for as far as, I don't know, because the g- group play determines if they suck in group play, they don't even go to the Vegas part, right? It's not like Right, but I mean,
0: again, the group play games are still just regular season games. So yeah. I think as, as motivated as a team is to win a regular season game, which for different teams at this point is kind of unclear. Um, but like, yeah. I don't, I don't know, it, if it's I a, if it's it's a good game. game. I'm not too – you know, we'll see. I'm not, like, excited, like, super excited, but, I mean, I'm already a sickle. Like, I'm already going to watch regular season games anyway, so now they yeah. have a little more meaning. Great, I'm going to watch them even harder. Like, you know, yeah. I get excited about, you know, guys signing 10-day
1: contracts who people have never <laughs> heard of.
0: Like, I don't think they have to worry about people getting excited for, like, these games. So, yeah. I don't know. It's um, something new. It'll be interesting. Real
1: you just reminded me, uh, Jordan Walsh to, the, to Maine. Mm, and yeah. need- Love just it. I mean, I mean, don't go too deep on that, but anything real no, quick. You want to add I mean, it? I
0: just think it's a no brainer. You see that obviously they aren't comfortable throwing him into the rotation. So get the guy minutes. There's no sense in him sitting yeah. on the bench, go play a ton of minutes, uh, just get reps and we'll bring him back, you know, whenever it's necessary. Cool. Basically. Cool. So nothing bad about that. Um, and then, other oh, couple tiny little Celtics things. One, it was cool to see Tatum show up at that school in Hyde Park. Uh, surprise. Just cool to see how much he's really embracing Boston as like a home. I just thought that was a super cool moment for him to do yeah. that inner city school. Um, I saw Derek White's dad dubbed Holiday and White's a stock experience. i love it backcourt nickname absolutely love it uh the awesome. I,
1: I do love that <laughs> one a
0: lot huge fan of that one and then the last thing a little scary uh i was listening to a heat podcast and a sixers podcast and they both brought up the fact that memphis is off to a wicked slow start and they want to trade for marcus smart and a little part of me just died oh. inside if uh so i'm gonna need the grizzlies to pick it up i know their entire team is injured but they're as of now on their way to an 0 five star if that gets ugly and he's flipped for you know a first and some salary like Philly and Miami are right in line to acquire him and
1: that would oh, just Jesus like Christ.
0: I know I don't even want to think about it but I'm already now like mentally preparing like that's definitely gonna happen and it's gonna be awful and I'm gonna hate it so much um and to go full circle because I forgot to mention actually earlier when you asked about Philly what Philly's doing in this hardened trade is hundred percent just acquiring assets to go find the next star that's Maury's game 100% so he just wanted picks he didn't want any players he got a bunch of picks he's going to try to go for the next star maybe it's like a Zach Levine maybe it's Pascal Siakam maybe he waits beyond this year but that's always been Maury's MO uh, so that's that's what their game is now he just wants a third star for that. Maxine beat but uh, the smart thing like I said I, multiple times I heard that and was like oh god so I'm going to need the Grizzlies to get it together and stay in contention so they are not sellers because that uh, is about the worst thing that would happen that I could think of
1: that's um, catastrophic
0: yeah, I know. Like I said, I almost didn't even want to say it, but I, I do want to get ahead of it now in case it does happen because uh, I would certainly need some time to process that. Like, as much as it hurt for him to go, the Grizzlies were about as, like, painless of a team where it's like, okay, like, totally neutral, like, no, no zero bad blood ever in any way. So, uh, yeah, definitely don't want him coming to an East rival where we're going to see him in the playoffs would be an absolute nightmare. But, uh, again, go Grizzlies. We're going to need you guys to pick it up so that doesn't happen.
1: All right. Yeah, so that's uh, – that, is that all? That's probably about all. For the, know, that's about year. it. Sh- right.
0: Also, shout out, RIP Coach Bob Knight, absolute basketball legend. Uh, sad to see him pass. And, of course, friend of the pod, our good friend, Reggie, our eclipse, great rapper who we grew up with, RIP to him as well.
1: Yes. Uh, but
0: that's all I got. I hope, Bobby
1: might, I hope they respect his wishes and bury him upside down so the critics can kiss his ass. I don't think I'd ever seen that clip before, but I saw that clip today. Oh, yeah.
0: oh, there's a lot of good ones.
1: Well, yeah. So, yeah. Celtics, again. Uh, take the uh, take the pages up by the woodshed. 155 to oh, – did I say it's score wrong? Yeah, 155, 104. 155, 104. Of course, of course. Just making sure that <laughs> you were paying attention at home. Um, that's, that's it. 51.1. Uh, like and subscribe. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, anywhere you can find podcasts nickbraino.com for all your realty needs follow K- at king chuddy on twitter follow at doug underscore outs on twitter and follow at chuddy's corner on twitter We're working on getting some live tweeting going during the games so uh yeah that's about it good to have everyone here and we'll uh catch you guys on saturday night saturday night eight o'clock nets uh something's going on the road to place the nets looking forward to seeing uh that game and looking forward to chatting with you afterwards chud peace out chuddy heads